Welcome to the Health and Happiness Homeroom, a podcast devoted to simplifying the otherwise overwhelming and often deflating mindset and wellness industries. I'm Nikki, your host, and I combine my passions as a women's health and mindset coach with my past as a high school teacher to bring it all back to basics for you. My goal is to teach you simple strategies that you can use every single day to work from the inside out so that you can become the happiest and healthiest version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Health and Happiness Homeroom. Bit of a solo one today. I've had a lot of guests, um, which I absolutely love because they bring so much knowledge and information and qualifications and experience to guys. And to be honest, I learn so much from their conversations as well. So it's it's not entirely selfless. But today I'm going to be doing something slightly different. I'm going to be sharing with you a coaching session from inside of my membership. So if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I've just launched a membership. The reason being is because two things actually. First thing is that shit, that's expensive, right? Um, people might not necessarily have the funds to pay $90 for a personal training session or $300 for a meal plan. So I've opened up a membership that is only $8.97 a week in which you get weekly recipes, you get workouts, you get a weekly coaching session, which is what I'm going to share for you right now, a live Q&A session each week so you can get some one-on-one coaching. There's daily coaching inside of our private Facebook group. We have a private Facebook group full of um, amazing women. that a whole bunch of other inclusions as well, like discounts on certain things, other freebies, resources, all the things. So basically, if you are looking for something to help keep you motivated, keep you on track, keep you reaching your goals, but without the expensive price tag and like without all the fluff <laughs> that you don't need, then come and have a look. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can have a bit of a look around and see what's included. So that's the first reason, the fact that stuff's just expensive now. So I've got something available for you. Like I spent $7.60 on a coffee today. Ridiculous. This is $8.97. This is going to get it so much value. Now, the second reason that I created it is purely because you are busy, right? You've got a lot of commitments. You've got a lot of shit going on. You've got work. You might have kids. You might have a partner. You might have a fur baby. Like life is just busy and you need that support to stay motivated and to stay committed, but you don't need a huge time commitment. You don't need to be showing up for hourly check-ins here and there. And you don't necessarily need to be going to the gym four times a week. And you don't need this added course and you don't need all the, the fluff. That's why I've created this membership. Okay, it's going to keep you, like I said, on track. It's going to keep you seeing goals. It's going to keep you kitted up with heaps of resources like workout plans, recipe bundles, all the things that you need, but without all the fluff. Anyway, I'll chuck it in the show notes, but I'm about to share with you um, a coaching session from last week, and it was on healing your relationship with food. So you'll get to see how I teach. You'll get to see the quality of coaching and information inside of the membership and and really see for yourself so you get to sample it for free and yeah I'd love to hear your feedback so here we go hey ladies um jumping on to do this week's quick coaching session where I'm going to be talking about how to heal your relationship with food. Now, that's kind of a 
well, it, it's honestly like a bit of a buzzword, apologies, that's around at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's like, oh, I'll teach you how to heal your relationship with food. Like, but what does it actually mean? And what does that mean in a practical, tangible way? Like ways that you can actually start employing and see results from. So as usual, I'm reading from some notes on my screen. So if you see me looking down or looking awkwardly, that is why. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, to me, there's basically three ways that, or three things that are healed when you heal your relationship with food. Okay, and I'm going to go through each of those. The first one is talking about any emotions associated with food. The second thing is disordered eating habits. And the third thing, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me, the third thing is disassociating or separating meals. So let's get into it. Okay, so first thing is talking about emotions, food when it comes to emotions. The only emotions you should ever have, food is a thing, okay? So as with anything in the world, it happens and you get to take that moment and pause and go, how do I feel about this? Now, that's really, really hard because automatically, like we've got 20, 30, 40 years of automatic emotion built up and automatic responses, yeah? Like... um you, I don't know, your mother-in-law texts and before you even open it, you're like, Ugh, because you've had years of her making you go, Ugh. all right? It's the same with food. You have a cake, you feel full. Then you go, oh, I shouldn't have had that. I feel so guilty. Why did I do that? That's not because of that one piece of cake. That's because of the last 20, 30, 40 years of feeling guilty or feeling like you should feel guilty. But you get to be hyper aware of this and choose to go, do I want to feel like that? Instead of having negative emotions, you either want neutrality or you want positive emotions. Food is comfort. Food is social occasions. Food is memories. Food is fuel, all right? So you, whenever you eat food, we want to really, really focus on going, yeah, I'm eating it to fuel myself or I'm eating it to enjoy it. And that is okay. Giving yourself permission to eat food and saying it is okay. Now, the way we do that is we take a step back and we stop polarizing food. We stop calling food good or bad. Problem is when you look at food and you go, yeah, that's good. You're happy to feel elated or happy or content or proud of yourself or like cocky because you're sticking to your meal plan. But then when you eat this food that you deem as bad, you feel embarrassed or ashamed or guilty, depressed, anxious, hopeless, like a failure. Yeah. So we need to start looking at food as food. Yes. Some of it isn't ideal for our goals, but that's okay. It is still just food, meaning you're allowed to eat it, give yourself permission to eat it, and afterwards be okay with that. So it starts with taking like taking a step back and that intention. Oh, okay. Pause. Do I want to eat this? Knowing that I'm on a fat loss diet, do I still want to eat this? Yeah, cool. Right, I'm going to give myself permission to eat that. And then afterwards, I'm going to feel content. And I'm going to go back to eating my meal plan the next meal because I don't feel guilty. I don't feel like I've ruined the day. I don't feel like I have completely stuffed up and I'm a failure again. All right. Or vice versa. Do I want to eat a cake knowing I'm on a fat loss journey? Mm, do you know what? Like maybe I'm just wanting to eat it because it's there and it's habit. Like mm, probably don't want to, not going. Does that make sense? Like looking at our intention beforehand and then challenging the automatic emotions after. 
as I said, whoops, it's gonna move my little head out the way. <laughs> okay, so food, like I said, exists for two reasons because you need it, like to survive and to enjoy it. It's part of social occasions, it's like it's contemporary life. You want no negative emotion associated with food at all. Now, the way that we do that, like I've just explained a little one or a little bit anyway, but to kind of really even further think about removing emotion from food is to catch and accept it, like I've explained, right? So you have this limiting belief in your head that cake's bad, donuts are bad, bread's bad. Okay, it's a limiting belief. It's a fallacy that you have created, society has created, and you have reinforced for years by feeling guilty after food, by calling it bad. So we need to be, and you're going to learn this, like be hyper aware and catch that thought, catch that emotion and challenge it. Another way that you can change your emotions around food is prepare. Okay, so I'm not like meaning prepare your food, like quite literally prepare in situations like if you know that you're going to feel anxious about your food choices kind of go okay how can I prepare for that like for example if you're going out for dinner and you every time you go out for dinner you sit there and you go oh I should get the salad oh look at me I'm getting the pasta I'm so blah blah blah, blah. and you feel shit right so you could look at the menu before make your choice and then go there and not open the menu or you could make look at the menu and go yeah I'm going to get this pasta and accept that choice before you even get there Okay. Um, another way is to, instead of using those words, good and bad, I, I'm a huge believer in language and, and how language can impact so much in our life. <clears throat> you can, instead of calling it good and bad, you can look at it as whole foods and soul foods. That's how I, or I, I say it like I've got little kids. So I say like everyday foods and sometimes foods or every meal foods and sometimes foods. Like we have sometimes foods every day, you know, like we have dessert every day, but that's okay. Cause most of the day, is made up with whole foods, you know, everyday foods. <clears throat> now, just that change of language, um, because sometimes, like if you have sometimes food or you have soul food, it's like your brain goes, cool, that's acceptable in a small amount, right? Smaller amount than the whole food. But if you go bad food, your brain's like, eh, meh, meh, alarm bells and all this negative emotion comes up. So again, obviously we don't want to eat like more soul food than whole food, but it's just the way that we are conditioned to um, respond to these connotations. So basically just give yourself permission, like give yourself permission to eat all of the foods, all of the foods. In fact, daily, I'm a massive advocate for having your vice, your treats daily. There are so many studies that prove if you have your, what is your, like your weakness, right? Chocolate or crisps or whatever. If you have that in a small amount every single day, there is an overwhelming amount of study that that shows that this correlates with less binging because you no longer see it as forbidden because you're having it daily, right? And the reason we binge is because we hyper-restrict. We go, oh, I can't eat chocolate. I can't eat bread at all. And you do that for like seven days. And then on the eighth day, you eat so much. You eat Nutella out the jar because maybe that's just me. I don't know. You eat like a whole block of chocolate instead of just like a little bit because you have this mentality like it's bad. I can never have it again. I better shove it all in and eat it all now. Um, and, you know, that's that's really not the way that you want to live your life. Like just pause for a sec and kind of think, okay, there's 24 hours a day. How many minutes or hours do I spend contemplating the food I'm putting in my body? 
my guess would be if you created a cumulative total of that, it would probably be close to an hour, maybe more, because you're thinking of probably more actually, because you're thinking about it afterwards. Shouldn't have ate that. Now I feel so gross. Now I feel like a failure, blah, 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 blah. Imagine the mental clarity and the space you would have to dedicate to, I don't know, gratitude or upskilling or looking for something hilarious or chatting with a friend or reading something inspiring. Like imagine how much this simple act of not looking at food as good and bad can completely change your life and free up your mental energy. So as I said, the first element of healing your relationship with food was not having negative emotions associated with it. Just went on a bit of a rant about that. So I'll conclude that now and I will jump into the second one, which is healing any disordered eating habits. So disordered eating, I've done a podcast on this and some posts on this, which you can send me a message about and I can go and send you the link. But basically disordered eating is any eating that is non-regular, it's irregular, okay? And it might be irregular in the habits. So as in you eat, you know, your four or five meals and snacks a day, but then on the weekend you completely binge or you um, have a really big dinner one night and so then the next day you think, mm, I better not, um, I better exercise heaps today to make up for it or I better not eat until dinner today to make up for the amount of food I ate yesterday. So this is all disordered eating so I want to make it really clear this isn't eating disorders so I'm not referring to bulimia anorexia things like that if you suffer from anything like that or you think you do um, obviously you need to go and see a GP and then a psychologist because I'm not qualified to help you with this but almost every woman has some form of disordered eating so I've just given a few examples other examples might be um, extreme diets like okay I'm cutting out bread completely or I'm cutting out carbs or I'm going really low fat and doing that in an extreme way and you all know that if you do something like that chances are you're going to your body's going to rebel your mind not your body your mind is going to rebel and go this is ridiculous and then it's going to result in some kind of like binging or a relapse and you just wasted all this time but then secondly you feel shit ass you feel guilty you feel like a failure and around and around it goes so as i said right when you view this food as good and bad not only do you associate negative emotions with it but you also foster these disordered eating habits because you go right food is bad i've eaten bad food i feel guilty therefore i need to atone for it i need to make up for it but the thing is, when you don't believe that you need to start making up for food, when you don't believe that food is bad and you need to atone for it, you kind of, you won't embark on the cycle of punishment and purging. So when I say purging, I don't mean vomiting. I mean kind of over-exercising the next day to purge yourself of this food. Okay. So it's kind of, so step two is removing or being aware of these disordered eating habits that you have and really trying to eradicate them. Now, I know alarm bells right now are going off in your mind because you're like, meh, meh, like, but if I don't do this, like if I don't make up for the huge amount of food at ESA, or if I don't under eat today because I know that I'm going out for like bottomless brunch tomorrow, then I'm going to put in all this weight. Let me tell you, that is not the case. 
That is not the case. Scientifically, that will not happen. That cannot happen. Yes, the next day you might feel bloated. Yeah, the next day you might feel tired and lethargic and frumpy. But that's it, okay? One day of overeating, one day of gorging yourself and overdrinking will not ruin your goals. If there's one thing that you take away from this, listen to that again, okay? One day will not ruin anything. Two weeks will not ruin anything. In fact, it's even good for your metabolism if you are on a fat loss journey or a diet to have a break because it teaches your metabolism that it isn't consistently in a deficit. So on that Saturday where you do eat a lot more and you might even eat in a surplus for that day, it teaches your metabolism to keep moving. So if we imagine our metabolism like a motor, okay, imagine a bike, right? So your feet are cycling on a bike. The less you eat, the slower your feet go because your body is like, your metabolism is like, oh, better slow down because I'm getting less energy. But then if all of a sudden you give it more food, it speeds up, yeah? Your legs cycle faster. So remove these disordered eating habits. Do not give in to that fear that you have that having an indulgent weekend or eating some chocolate or going out for pasta is going to derail you because it will not, okay? And it is better uh, physiologically for your metabolism and it is also better psychologically for you to have these I'll call them splurges or all breaks from your diet because it will keep you on track longer because you feel less restricted. This is the psychology behind it, okay? So I've touched on the first one, which was looking at, oh, sorry, eradicating negative emotions around food. The second way to heal your relationship with food was eradicating disordered eating habits, which I just discussed. And now I'll go to the third one, and that is disassociating meals. Okay, separating meals. All meals are separate. Okay, and in fact, meals are separate to exercise. How many times have you gone, cool, yeah, I'm on a diet, and then a friend calls and she's like, hey, I'm bringing around like muffins and coffee, and then you, for breakfast, and then you do that, and you're like, oh, stuff it, day's ruined. I'm now deliberately going to go out and eat a ridiculously large lunch because I'm back on my diet tomorrow. So I better make the most of today, right? Not only is that disordered eating, not only is that um, having negative emotions associated with food rather than just, hey, my friend come around and spoil me. How amazing. It is seeing your meals as connected. There is a problem with this because you have so many options throughout the day where you're presented with food or you could be presented with food. So if you're presented with food at 7 a.m. and you go, cool, this ruins my day, that means all of your food choices for the rest of the day aren't in line with your goals. And you're likely going to be feeling guilty. You're likely going to be feeling like a failure. Now, ways that you can do this, I guess, is if I bring it back to the start where I'm like, just be hyper aware, like choosing, taking that moment between the thought and the action or the thought and the emotion where you go, oh, now this is going to ruin my day, create the emotion of feeling guilty. Go, hang on, pause. You've got a split second there where you go, you get the chance to engage the power that you have over your mind and go, okay, how am I going to choose to accept or see this situation? Am I going to see it as a lesson? Am I going to see it as enjoyable? Am I going to see it as time with my friends? Am I going to see it as um, something to really create some humor in? Am I going to see it as all of these other positive emotions or 
am I just going to go to my default, which unfortunately has been the way for most of us women, and feel guilty and feel like a failure? So in conclusion, healing your relationship with food, it's really an emotional journey and it requires a lot of work because for 20, 30, 40 years, you have had these default responses which create these, these literally, literally like a chemical response in your body because you have a thought, okay, ah, shouldn't do that, I feel bad, I feel guilty, food is bad, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing that happens is you create an emotion and that emotion is automatic. I feel guilty. I feel bad. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm being judged. When you have an emotion, any emotion, your brain literally releases chemicals. Okay. Your body has a chemical response to every emotion that you feel. If you're feeling excited or elated, it's going to be endorphins, right? Or oxytocin, like love, happiness. If you're feeling any negative emotion, your brain is going to release cortisol. You can't stop this. When your brain has released this emotion, it affects you, okay? And the way it affects you is the third step of our brain. So we've got thought is the first step. Second step is the emotion. Third step is your actions, okay? By the time you reach the action phase, it's too late, okay? I'm going to binge. I'm going to not go out with my friends because I feel shit about the way I look. I'm going to snap at my kids because I'm just not feeling really happy at the moment. So we need to go back to, to the thoughts. You get to choose. Am I going to think like I've always thought and see food as good and bad? Am I going to think like I always do and go, oh, I better make up for this meal or I better prepare for this meal by like not eating today? Okay. Or are you going to choose different thoughts? And they're going to be, it's going to be scary, man, to choose different thoughts because it challenges what you've been doing. For decades it challenges what everyone's telling you it challenges what you see all over instagram like you know oh get fit for summer and 20 day ab challenge and earn your pizza like it challenges everything that you're being told and you you're you've seen and that you and your friends and probably your mom and your sisters are perpetuating because it's just what we do but i encourage you to challenge these thoughts and do you know what like you can always go back Right? You can always go back to feeling negative about food or you can try. You can try. You can try to have that bit of chocolate every day and start basically by having that bit of chocolate a day, you are going to remove that thought. You're going to change your thoughts and your subconscious thoughts. So the ones that are deep rooted that have always been there, that chocolate is bad. Because if you're eating chocolate every day and you're still feeling good about yourself and you're still losing weight and you're not putting on 10 kilos, that evidence refutes that fear right so therefore in conclusion chocolate can't be quite bad anyway i got really passionate about this so in conclusion see all food as soul food soul food or whole food okay not good and bad don't deny yourself anything deny yourself nothing nothing because if you eat it every day or you eat it often in responsible amounts you will not you are far less likely to binge and never, ever, ever have negative emotions around food. When you heal your relationship with food, you will not only view, you won't feel, view food as like scarce anymore. You know, you won't be at that party, but on a diet and then like gorge yourself on the grazing platter because you're on a diet and you're back at it on Monday. So you better make the most of it this weekend. You won't feel the need to punish yourself 
or purge food or make up for food, you will see meals as separate. Yeah, you'll just be like, a meal's a meal, a meal. A meal and training is separate. If I don't go to the gym today, that doesn't mean today's ruined. And if I have a really big, disgusting breakfast, hopefully you don't think about it that way. That was like, I suppose, just a joke. If I have like a really messy breakfast, oh, I'm not going to go do my Pilates that I want because I've ruined the day. Like when you start seeing meals and exercises separate, you'll start just to value the beauty of consistency, knowing that if you do stuff that's in line with your goals most of the time, so therefore consistently, you'll still see goals, you'll still see results, sorry. And that really, really helps people who struggle with perfectionism because you, if you're a perfectionist, you believe that you have to do everything to the T and perfect to see results. There's no great. But if you start to just say, believe like consistency instead of perfection, I'm allowed my soul foods, I'm allowed my soul foods every day. In fact, I'm allowed to have a big pasta for lunch and then get back on track for dinner because I just need to be consistent. Again, this evidence is going to derail your belief in perfectionism. And we all know that feeling, being a perfectionist, it's like, or feeling like you need to be perfect. It's just a road towards self-judgment, yeah? And just on a final note as well, and it's a bit of a tangent, but very, very impactful. When you heal your relationship with food in this way, you are literally going to have less negative emotions. Therefore, you are going to quite literally have more positive thoughts. Therefore, positive emotions, positive chemical reactions in your brain and your body and more positive experiences. You're going to take different positive actions. You are quite literally going to improve your life in a positive sense and an energetic sense by healing your relationship with food. When you allow yourself the choice to eat food and not have to restrict yourself from food completely, your life is going to literally, truly change. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this and I will post it up on the group for everyone to have a look at and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning into the Health and Happiness Homeroom. As a big thank you, I would love to offer you a free one-on-one 15-minute coaching session just to help give you some answers to whatever it is that you're confused about right now or whatever's holding you back. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes for your exclusive freebie. And, you know, if you found anything that I've said helpful or useful, I would love for you to do all the things, you know, screenshot, share, review, all the bits and pieces. Thank you so much and I hope you have the most amazing day.